Welcome to the Nourish Soul podcast, where we talk about all things nourishing to the body, mind, and soul. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly Ritter. Amanda Foley is my next guest on the Nourish Soul podcast, and I am so excited for you all to meet Amanda. I met Amanda through our mutual friend, Jess Bubako, who's also been on the podcast and is now a friend of mine. And Amanda's becoming a friend too, because she is just such a warm, lovely, wonderful person. And we were talking about something else. I think we were talking about some human design stuff. And she was talking about her health journey and being able to get off of her thyroid medication, of being able to sleep when she had years and years of having a really hard time falling asleep. And now her sleep is fantastic. Other health issues that have gone and not that health is necessarily perfect, but still, I wanted her to come on the show and talk a little bit about that, but also her business, Curate Your Soul. So she helps businesses and people, entrepreneurs that are with their communications and being able to communicate intuitively and and authentically in their business. So I wanted her to talk about that too. And she and Jess have an offer. So she talks about that at the end. It's a great way to learn more about human design and to really practice living your authority and strategy, which is really the best way to get going on human design. So I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with Amanda. So Amanda, welcome to the Nurse Soul Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So I want to talk about Curate Your Soul because I just love, I love your business. But when you and I were talking before we were talking about other things and you said that you had healed your own health and you've had these health issues And so I thought they probably go together. I'm guessing there's a weave. So I thought we could start with kind of where you were before you started Curate Your Soul, some of the health issues you had, and then just take me on a journey of how you've incorporated your healing. Yeah, it was actually really interesting for me to think about this as I kind of like tried to gather my thoughts to get ready for today. And you know, like if you would have asked me, I would have been like, oh yeah, it was really just the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. But even as I thought back further, not to, we don't have to take everybody on the whole journey, but I even thought back to, you know, like, I really feel like so many of my issues had to do with my work. Um, You know, my health issues sort of related to unhappiness or a lack of fulfillment or whatever it might've been like, I just always had this search for, there has to be more to this as I know you relate to. And so many others do like, it can't, this can't be it. Right. And so right out of college, I worked for big pharmaceutical companies and public relations. I had these like amazing jobs that looked so good on paper. People seemed to think I was good at it, even though I sort of always felt out of my depth and like kind of got pushed along this upward trajectory. And like, as I started to think back over maybe like the last 10 to 15 years, I was like, oh no, and I'm almost 48. Like, so I was like, let me go back even further. And I realized that very early on, so I'll start with saying I've always had sleep issues my whole life. Like I've had difficulty falling asleep. That's been something since childhood. I think it was just a lot of thinking and a busy mind. But other than that, I was pretty healthy. But in my early 20s, when I was uh, working for a big company, I was really unhappy. I felt like very nervous every day to go to work. I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel like I liked what I was doing and it felt stimulated. It was really just felt like I dreaded going to work every single day. It was like one of those environments where you, you know, had to like sit there till six o'clock just to show people that you were, you know, there versus actually doing anything productive. And so at that time is actually when, um, first I was actually, I had an ovarian cyst. Um, and I'd kind of forgotten about this because so long ago now, but I realized that was probably the first major health issue that I had had. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking back now, I'm like thinking, you know, like, could that have something to do with it? But the main chronic issue that I was also diagnosed with around the same time was hypothyroidism. And so, you know, again, like I felt very tired all the time, but I just sort of attributed that to just being busy or feeling stressed about work and things like that. And that's something that really, it persisted. It, it Once I, you know, they put me on the standard hormone therapy, it seemed to work. It was always a really low dose, um, you know, for a long time. You were Sorry, on Synthroid, right? Yes. I was yeah. on Synthroid, like really, really low, like a hundred micrograms or something like that. Cause then there's like that huge range of, of levels. And, you know, I would do the testing. I had this one, like very, um, 
like overzealous endocrinologist that would send me for uh, ultrasounds every year and like scare me about having to have fine needle biopsies, you know, and I would actually go and get these tests. And at one point after several years, the radiologist, you know, they would, the tech would go and like consult with the radiologist and come back to see if they needed anything else. And she kind of like said to me, you know, I was just talking to the radiologist and, and like intuitively it just came out of my mouth and like, and you're wondering why I'm here every year. And she said, yeah, you know, and like, that was like one of the first times I think that I had this ping that maybe, you know, like there was, I always had like weird feelings about going to the doctor, but you know, you think that's just typical phobia and you're afraid, but in any, in any event, like I sort of had these like growing intuitive, um, thoughts about healthcare that I think I just wouldn't allow myself to even really think because of the industry that I you know worked in from such a young age. Right. So I'll give you kind of like the high level. We can then dive in more specifically. So, you know, that was like my twenties in my thirties, I was married. We were trying to have a baby to no success. Also still like in another job, but a very stressful job as well. One I hated, I worked for like this terrible man that if I had to take a day off to go to a funeral, he'd be like texting me. How's your interview? You know, just like a very, like, again, a toxic environment already in a, in a situation where I wasn't very happy. And so that was when I, I started to be like, you know what, I'm never going to have a baby if I feel this way. Right. Like I just knew my body is not going to allow this to happen because, you know, there was nothing wrong. I mean, that was the other thing too. We had no issues. Um, I wasn't like hot to go do for fertility treatments, but at the same time, I was kind of like, you know, you live in this little bit of a limbo in that, that place where I'm like, I don't, you know, if you don't know, am I going to have kids? Am I not? I was kind of fine either way, but you just, you know, it was like, I'm at that still in my thirties. Like, you know, who knows how your life can change when you have a baby and as you get older, it starts to get a little bit like more disruptive to your life too. And anyway, so, you know, my husband also was in a really stressful job. Um, I ended up quitting very suddenly. I had lost a close friend in a car accident. It just made me do this whole like life revisit of what am I, you know, what am I doing? So I'm having all these like mental and sort of physical issues. And, um, I quit and started consulting, which was really great for me. So like, that was my first instance, right, right at my Saturn return when I was like, I'm just going to slow my life way down. Even though it felt crazy, I left this like amazing on paper job to go do, I didn't even know what or make how much money. And it ended up, that ended up working out better for me because you just see when we make these aligned decisions, how it helps us. But in any event, I still didn't get pregnant. My husband had all these health issues at the same time too. I mean, he was like running marathons and then had the C. I think I mentioned this to you when we talked, like C-reactive protein in like the high risk for a heart attack level in his early 30s. Again, like stress, inflammation. I see all these things now. You know, he ends up on statins. Eventually, he quits his job. I literally got pregnant three months later. So it was like the first period in our almost 10 year marriage where one of us was not in this like suit. We had a great relationship. So it wasn't stress at home, but we just were both existing in these like really like not great places. Um, so that was sort of like another big catalyst. And then this is, and I'll kind of get to the point, let you ask me some questions maybe about some of these things, but you know, in my consulting role, which was great for about 15 years, I ended up taking on a really stressful client where over the course of five years, I started to have those like feelings again of, even though like my consulting situation was good, working with the client gave me like all those old feelings. I ended up with melanoma on my back. So it's like, you know, and then the sleep issues are persisting. Then, you know, you have a baby and it's, you really get whacked out over sleep and like what sleep means and how much you get and when, and I'm like not a good napper. So it was like, you know, if I didn't sleep, I didn't sleep. Um, and so I realized like all of these things, I start to make these connections. Like this has to be more than just my health. Like I've never had any other like really major issues. I feel good. I have a lot of energy. Like why do these like kind of, I just felt like they were signs to me. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just unlucky and I'm getting sick or I don't take care of myself. It's like, what is my body or really my spirit trying to tell me? Right. And so I stayed for a couple more years in 2021. I, you know, just had this opportunity and I took this time to slow down. And in that period, I actually healed my insomnia, like by slowing down, meditating, doing all kinds of other things, which we can talk about. But I, I healed my insomnia for the first time in my life. I lay down, put my head on the pillow and within like, you know, never more than 10 to 15 minutes, I am asleep. I took Ambien for probably like 10 to 15 years, pretty consistently to ever be able to fall asleep. I tried every natural thing you could think of. Um, and I actually also went off my thyroid medication a couple of years ago to like no issue at all. And so I just yeah. now have such a different perspective on all of it. So I know that was a lot, <laughs> but you can choose where you want to dive in and maybe we can expand on some of them that you think the listeners would be interested in. 
Yeah, no, I think that was a great overview and, and kind of what high C, right? These high stress situations and people just don't, we underestimate, I think, what stress does to the body. And so, you know, to be in alignment with your soul and what your soul is trying to, to tell you, you actually have to listen. Mm -hmm. So there's that piece and get out of your head so much and get into your body and really start paying attention to your body. But I think it's amazing. Well, the fact that you got pregnant was really great. That's, mm -hmm. that's great. So you have one child. Mm -hmm. We have one son who's 12. Okay. Yeah. So that's great. And then I guess I'm just really interested. I think we have a lot of people that can relate to the sleep issue and how, I mean, that feels kind of sudden to me, like, mm -hmm. and you were doing a lot of things. So we'll get back to the thyroid, but let's just talk yeah. about sleep. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what you think were the most important things for you? Yeah, for that? sure. You know, and it's like, I try, I always try to think like, why is this happening? Right. So it's like the, I think the first thing I realized was I, I have a lot of energy, but I wasn't using my energy in a way that felt good. Um, so, you know, like as I decided to, I took actually about nine months off from work, even before I sort of moved into this new direction with PR, but during that time I started to meditate. Right. And I realized how that, you know, my mind is never going to be still the way some people's might be when it, when they meditate, but I realized that I could observe my thoughts and be okay with them and not let them control me. Like I, I worked with some channelers. I did a lot of things like that. The thing that actually really helped me the most though, was listening to binaural beats as I fell asleep. I used this app called sync tuition and that, and I still do this to this day. If I wake up, um, like even when traveling, you know, like you're on a different time zone, you wake up at a really strange time and your body knows it's tired, but my mind is like, oh, but it's 6am at home. I can even now turn that on and sleep at hours. Like I'm a very like regimented sleeper. I need to be in a, like in my own bed. I sleep kind of during pretty set hours. Like I'm not good at sleeping till 11 o'clock in the morning, just cause I stayed up late. You know, it's like, I'm pretty structured on that front. My body is like really, um, regimented or like, you know, just adjusted to that schedule. However, I realized that even now that still does help me. So that was one thing that really helped like the meditation and learning to really just sort of be um, like the master of my thoughts instead of letting them run the show. And then having that bit of distraction really helped. And then I would say the third piece for me was when I um, was, was off from work, but then even moving into this new iteration of PR, I realized I was using my energy in a way that felt so much better to me. So before, like I would fall asleep, I would go to sleep and be exhausted, but not be able to fall asleep. Right. Or once I did, like if I woke up and knew I had to do something, like I could feel well rested, but when I would think about my day, I would instantly feel tired. And so I realize now, um, and not that we have to get into human design, but like as a sacral yeah. being in human design, like I know that I need to use my energy in a way that feels really good to me. And so what I recognized was that shifting the way I spent my energy during the day, like even if it meant just making sure I had an hour or two to do something that felt good for me. Um, it changed so much. And so I would actually go to bed feeling satisfied in a way that I could lay down, let it go and fall asleep. Right. Cause that's really big for us generator sacral beings in human design. And there might be mm -hmm. some people that are like, what is this human design thing? I want you to go to Amanda's website and get your free chart <laughs> so that you'll know your human design. Cause I, I, I love human design now is one of the most helpful things to me and really just following my authority mm -hmm. and strategy. Right. So for you, it's just how we best use our energy. It's how we make decisions. Now that's how I make decisions. It I seems feel illogical sometimes. Like even when I quit my job, I see now, like that was probably one of the most sacral decisions that I've made in my life. Yeah. But in the moment made no sense, but mm -hmm. it was the best thing I ever did. Right. And I think that's the thing, no matter what your human design is, when you make decisions that just feel really good to you mm -hmm. and it's, it feels good in your body, in so your body, yeah, it makes no sense to your mind, but it, it feels good in your body to keep following that, Yeah, that, that that's the key. And I see that, you know, that's kind of psychology 101 too, which is interesting because our mind, we put so much emphasis on our mind and we forget that the body is communicating with us all the time. Mm -hmm. Our body is always in our corner working to keep us alive yep. and is working in our favor, whereas our mind can kind of play tricks on us. Mm -hmm. and, and the thing that's human design that I think is nice that plays very well with that, that psychological um, 
like mm-hmm. the knowledge is that sometimes that we don't know how we're meant to make those decisions and it's, it's not the same for everybody either. And so that's why, like, I think for me, at least that was one of these things where it kind of, it gave, um, like some tangible knowledge to something that maybe I knew my body would tell me things, but it like teaches us how to trust our intuition in the way that we are specifically designed to. Cause some people are fast, some people are slow and, you know, people are like, you have to make decisions this way, but it's really not, you know, we're not actually all designed to make choices and decisions in the same way. Right. So you, mm-hmm. if you're trying to do what your best friend's doing or some right. article that you read. Exactly. Like take five minutes. And if you do, and some people do need to sleep on it. Some people do not need to sleep on it. It's, you know, some people need more time. Some people need less. Some people need to like wait for emotional neutrality. And it's really simple. It's not like it's a hard thing to follow, but if you don't know what that is for you. And again, like as I learned more and moved in further into this journey, the more I learned about human design, um, the more I was like, okay, now I have some like like markers along the map that actually help me then to read my body better and trust. Cause I think that's what it is too. Like you're saying, our bodies are so intelligent, but we're conditioned not to trust what our bodies are telling us. Like when I would feel afraid to go to the doctor because, you know, and I'm not going to knock Western medicine. I think there's so much value there in so many ways, but I also think that, you know, having worked in an industry that is designed to sell medicines, there's also a lot of fishing expedition out there. And I think what I started to intuitively know that was like, the more I went to the doctor, the more they were like, find something, even if it may be, and I'm glad, you know, I'm grateful for some of the things that were found, but I also like see a lot of studies and things that have come out today where I'm like, did I actually need those interventions that I had, you know, based on like what, you know, what I can see when I actually dig a little bit deeper too. So, you know, that's like another conversation, but <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Cause that's a whole world, like mm-hmm. the whole, and, and what you were in charge of doing for the medical community. Yeah. Like disease that- awareness campaigns. So like, yeah. I think you, know, you think about that too. Like, why do we need to make people aware that they have diseases? Like if it's an issue, we shouldn't have to educate them too. And again, like, you know, always the people I worked with, like really like hearts in the right place, like doing work, truly believe that they're helping people. And I think, you know, my, my beliefs really don't align with most of the people that, you know, I still am like wonderful friends with. And that's okay too. Cause I do like, like with human design, we all, all have different ways of approaching our health too. Right. There's that piece too. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's kind of amazing. I've been thinking about this lately because it does feel like it's an expedition and like you're going to find something wrong with you. And I do think that can increase our stress when it's us trying to find something Mm -hmm. and it, it compounds, but also just knowing when you go in that that's, that's their job. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think the thing is too, it's almost like the whole idea of like, I now, and again, this is my way. Everybody has to do it differently. Right. But I look at it now because I do trust my body in a way that I never did before is that if something is wrong, my body will tell me. And if I feel good, I'm okay. And I trust that like something will be found in the proper time if something needs to be done for it. So like, I think it's just, you know, again, like people take, there's so many different approaches, none right, none wrong. But for me, it's less about like being proactive because I think that's where like the disconnect never felt good to me. Like too much proactivity is not good either. Correct. And something that would work itself out naturally. Yes. We're now and there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of even mainstream coverage of that now too, where they're looking That's... at like breast cancers even that yes. like they're saying shouldn't be treated, like pro- like they've been saying about prostate cancer for years. And so I start to see these things and I'm like, you know, like this is these are things that are confirmatory of what my intuition has always kind of told me mm-hmm. anyway, that right. I just didn't trust. Like I'm like, who am I to think that, you know this is right over what med- the medical, you know, the science tells us or whatever. And I just think that there's, you know, I also know from working in the industry that like science can say whatever you sort of want it to say too. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know from doing research as yeah. well. Oh like, yeah. So, you, you know, know. <laughs> yeah, You're I just looking- promoted it, but I read a lot of it and you yeah. start to see like, hmm, yeah. like this is, you know, and again, like, I don't, I'm not saying that the, I'm not one that's going to be the conspiracy theorist to say that everybody out there is evil and all of that. I think that there's a lot of good to it, but I think like with anything, there needs to be like moderation and two sides, you know, two perspectives, at least many, many, way more than two perspectives for all of it. Right. Well, I think it's difficult to, to be aware of your blind spots when you're making money. Yeah. So you just have to be really clear that you're actually looking for your blind spots. And Mm -hmm. I think that's challenging for a lot of people. 
but I, we got off too. I want to talk about your thyroid, of course, yeah. because mm-hmm. I think most people would say, oh, I can never get off. We were told I have thyroid, hypothyroid here. We're told we can't ever get off our medication, which never felt right to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I almost felt a little like, watch me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Did you go off yours too? No, I haven't yet. You haven't yet. I'm working my way there. I'm okay with either way. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty mild medication to take chronically. Like I didn't have a, I wasn't, it never made me feel bad. I did wonder if it, if it had anything to do with my sleep sometimes too, because of like the, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like the, maybe like the little bit of the pick me up it gave me, I don't, I can't make that connection definitively. And I'm obviously not a doctor. So I think people should take their medication if they need to, but like what I, the, the couple of things that sort of pinged me to think that maybe there was a reason to at least challenge it was that the first thing was that my dose never changed. And I was pretty much told by every doctor and endocrinologist, like, you know, over time, as you age, um, as you, especially when you're pregnant, like you really need to be careful and have your dosage adjusted and get more regular blood tests for, you know, test your TSH and all of those things. And what I found was that never happened. And so I was, you know, getting like quarterly blood tests and I was getting those ultrasounds and I was having all of these things. And, um, you know, like nothing's changing here. So I just thought like, you know, sometimes I also think like the threshold and again, no, not a doctor here, but like, I always wonder like, what's the threshold for diagnosis? Cause I was on such a very low dose. So I just like, when I started to feel so much better, I thought like, you know what, I'm kind of just starting over with everything. Like, let me try this too. Cause I'm like, what's the, you know, it has a long half-life. So you have to like give it at least, you know, like six, I think it's like six weeks or something like that. This in third half-life is so it takes, and I've had to go off it before. Cause there was one doctor that actually made me go have a nuclear medicine scan of my thyroid. Like, these are all things that I'm like, why are they sending me to have this, di-? you know, like it really, there was like no indication even for that, but you know, you're like 26. What do I, you know, you just listen and you go and do, and then you worry and all of these things. But I just decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just try and start fresh with everything. And I went off it. And like, so when I had to go off it for the nuclear medicine skin, I felt terrible, really terrible. So I knew that if like, I knew my body was going to tell me when I stopped taking the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also kind of was like not really regular with it for a while, for some reason, like I just became kind of a non-compliant patient and just was like, oh, I missed it today. I'll take it tomorrow. So it's probably already taking half even of what I was supposed to take. And so I went off and I felt fine. Mm -hmm. And so like, I've had no indication that there's any reason for me to go back on. And if anything, like I used to have, um, you know, like, like, um, what do they call it? Like fullness in my throat. Like you could almost like the doctor were like, it's a goiter or whatever. I never felt like I had a goiter, but they would call it a goiter. And I don't have any of that anymore either. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Because, yeah. That's, that's the goal. (laughs) Like, yeah. And what's interesting is that I have tried to go way, way down on it mm-hmm. and just felt awful. Yeah. So, and I know that feelings, right. So know, like that, to me, that's your body saying like, you yeah. need it. That's why I say like, I'm not one that's like, everybody should stop taking their medicine. Like never, never. Right. Yeah. But listen to your body. I think that's yeah. because my blood work always comes back that I should be going down on the medicine. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have at least a practitioner that'll listen to you and yes, go and through. let you do those like challenges to see. Yeah. And let you figure out with your own body mm-hmm. and your own intuition. I mean, that's that's the thing. And I do think it's there's a time and a place for that because if you had tried that when you weren't, you know, the intuition, when you're mm-hmm. not really trusting your body and you're not trusting the process of your life, it's oh, difficult yeah. to have, you know, intuition. (laughs) Yeah. I think I would have had a different experience too. Like, I think things happen in their time too. And it doesn't mean that like, and again, never to say that, well, you're having this health. I mean, my health's not perfect, but like, you know, to say you're having this health issue, you can't go for your medicine is because you're doing something wrong. It's not. I just also, like you're saying, I knew at that point that I was really making these very drastic shifts, like at you know, not like a, like a physical level by slowing down a spiritual level, a mental level by like learning to work with my thoughts instead of letting them rule my life. And so I had made all of these big changes. I mean, I even had, I had an IUD for 10 years that I had out. I was just like, I need just like my body needs a fresh start. And even in the midst of all of that, because the other thing, it's like, oh God, I'm going to go off my synthroid and gain weight. And like, I lost 10 pounds. So it's like all these things sort of just started again, like as a generator, it's like, I'm following these breadcrumbs. And that's what I think, you know, like it had, 
I done what you did and had those feelings, I would have gone right back on my medication and been like, okay, my body's telling me I need this. Cause again, I think it's probably one of the more mild things you could take, you know, like chronically for sure. It's really just replacing a natural hormone. I think I had just always had the sense that maybe I was misdiagnosed or like diagnosed inappropriately. And I, I probably like always maybe had that feeling beneath the surface. Yeah. And I think that's really the point too, because it could be the opposite where people mm -hmm. just, they actually do have a thyroid problem and they yeah. do not feel good and they're not getting the right diagnosis there. So you never, it can be go either way. Right. But the fact that you made your way and made all of these changes. And I do think that psychosocial, emotional, spiritual peace is mm -hmm. huge for people. And I'm always saying you can do a lot of the things physically to help your life, you eat well and exercise mm -hmm. and all the things. But if you're not addressing what we might call stress, the anxiety and stress that you were feeling day in and day out from work that wasn't aligned with your soul. Yeah. I mean, that, that is to me, that's soul crushing. That's yeah, it, oh, it is. And I'll say like, for me, I think that that piece for me personally is even more powerful because I am not always the most consistent. I mean, I'm, I am a good eater, like eat a lot of lo like, local, I get my meat local. I join CSAs and I do all of that. Like we're, we're, I mean, I do like the junk food too. I won't lie and say that I'm a perfect eater, but I'm not always the most consistent exerciser, but I have found that the stress and the lack of fulfillment had a much bigger impact for me personally on my health too. And I think that's what it is. It's like, again, everybody is different, but I think just bringing the perspective that maybe for some people it is it is maybe that instead, right? Like it's not always, you know, like people get beat up on and they say, oh, you don't exercise enough or you're not eating right or you eat too much or you don't eat enough protein or you're eating too, you know, like, or whatever, you should eat this. And I think that's what it is. It's like, it's not a one size fits all for everybody. No, but I don't recommend everybody do what I did, but I also know that like what everybody else does may not be right for me either. Exactly. I do kind of wonder, Amanda, did you spend more time outdoors when you had your little hiatus Oh yeah. I mean, I still do like I, well, we have trails in our neighborhood. I mean, I must take like, I don't know, like five or six walks per day. Yeah. Well, and I know you talk that. a lot about that too. Yeah, I do. Yeah. No, I, do. I never did that before. I probably hid my office and like, maybe I walked the dog, but like, other than that, not like even for myself, like I would, I take walks, like even without the dog, I'm like, Oh, it's, I need a break. Let me go take a 20 minute walk. Yeah. I just want to throw that in there that that yeah. being in nature is a safety signal to your body. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you have to do to slow down enough for these kind of basic things, that's more important than what, you, I mean, I like the nutrition part too, of course, but it's more important, I think, to get some of these really basic things. Oh yeah. Covered. And then, but if you are not living in alignment with who you are, I mean, your questions are the same as my questions. Who mm -hmm. am I and why am I here? But my yeah. mom like, who are we? Like, what are humans? What in the world are we doing here on this planet? Yes. Because sometimes- I always felt alien. Like, I felt like I was like, so not alien. like I didn't belong here. It's probably that line six, Jess and I talked about this a lot, but it's, it's, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes it's like, and again, I don't, it doesn't mean that we are like at more advanced or anything like that. But I think sometimes when you have that line six in your chart, it's like, you have sort of a even a vision you can't see, but it's like in your cells, like you feel something that's so much bigger and you're not sure what it is or what you're meant to do with it, but you just sort of know that there's something so much deeper than what we see on the surface. And I think that's a, just like you, that's what I always, I always had that feeling and you feel almost ungrateful sometimes. I think when you live that way, cause you're like, I'm like, I have a fantastic life. Like, why am I wishing for more? I know. Well, that. Yes. I remember feeling that so many mm -hmm. times where I'm like, why can I not just be happy with mm -hmm. my, my life right as it is. And it's not that it wasn't unhappy. I mean, it's not that I was unhappy. It's just that there's, it just feel, you can feel mm -hmm. it. like something's missing. Like there's something. just something missing yeah. or like a little bit of dissatisfaction, I think, you know, in, in terms of. Right. Like and if you're you just yeah. If you're looking outside of yourself to try and figure it out in, in some ways you do have to respond like mm -hmm. we have to respond as generators. We're looking at our life for that response, but looking at what other people are doing and trying to do what they're doing is yes. never been helpful. So no, no. I think that makes us feel more alien. Mm -hmm. Well, 
I'm not. Yeah, because I'm like, why can they like do this yeah. job all day and be satisfied by this? And I can't like, it should be enough. But yes, that's exactly what it is. I think we just expect to feel the same way that everybody else does about things. And like, I think you right. just, and again, like human design gave me so much permission to be like, oh, wow. Like this is exactly, I'm supposed to feel this way about these things. I'm supposed to have these, you know, yeah. like different or maybe like counter understandings to what I've been taught about my healthcare or what, you know, like I see all of those things now. And again, it doesn't mean my way is the right way. Like I'll, I'll say that forever to people. Cause I never, I never like being told how I'm supposed to be or like what my life should look like. So I will never, ever impose that on somebody else. Either. I just said that to my husband last night too. I was like, I just don't like to be told, like, even yeah. if it's something that's not a big deal, I don't like to be told what, how I'm supposed to live my life or mm -hmm. what I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. Well, cause there's that. even like, I know you talk a lot about the carniv carnivore, I think too, right. Don't you mm -hmm. with the, like that? Yeah. And my husband does like one meal a day carnivore and people think that's insane, but I feel like we we're so much, we are so much healthier eating. I I can't do one meal a day. I do intermittent fast, but like we eat mostly protein and vegetables. Like there's very little carbs in our diet. And I, you feel better. <laughs> so, you know, and like, I look at the food pyramid and I'm like, how can I trust this? Like, it's telling me like steak and eggs are bad. I'm like, but I just don't, I don't believe. Cause again, like my husband who was high risk for a heart attack eats like butter steak. I mean like steak all the time and he's fine. And he went off his cholesterol medicine too. Oh, I'm so he's a, glad. He's a nurse. Yeah. I'm so glad he got, it was a statin I'm assuming. Yeah. And he um, felt terrible like for him. I mean, it was good at the time. Cause I think it was really scary to like find out, but he does the cardiac calcium scans yeah, and all. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. And so like, he'll do that now instead. And I mean, he's like way, his, his scores are way lower than um, definitely before he went on the statin, but even like while he was on the statin and he does have, you know, he has some, um, the cal some calcification, but not to the point where it's like an issue. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mine yeah. zero. So yeah, that's, uh, if somebody's trying to put you on a statin, I just want yes. people to at least go get that, go get a yeah. calcium, um, cardiac calcium score scan mm -hmm. done. And before you end up, because it can cause a lot of problems to be on. Yeah. He had muscle, like muscle issues and he's like a big, he likes to lift weights and he's very active. They, my son mountain bike and, um, he's run marathons and he's done all kinds of things. Like he's like a really active guy and he was in a lot of pain from the statins. I get a lot of muscle pain. Um, and the thing about the test I'll say too, for anybody that's like ever interested is that, you know, insurance will tell you they don't cover it, but they're not that expensive. Like, I think yeah. it's maybe a couple hundred dollars tap max. Usually you can actually go have, yeah, is that what I knew it was pretty inexpensive. He just said this to, I remember saying this to someone the other day. And so even yeah. though they tell you, no, I mean, sometimes it's worth, you know, a little bit of out-of-pocket expense to yeah. And that one is one that I think is really worth it because it's, it's so important. And we, we really, mm -hmm. when you were talking about like the, the numbers that we used on blood tests, like to even, are we even sure that those are the best? Right. Numbers? Well, cause baselines could be different, right? Like, I think that's yeah. the other problem is like, you find something when something is wrong, but like, who knows what my baseline TSH or free TSH right. was before that, you know? So it's like, you just don't know, um, because we're all different too. I think yeah. that's really what we're it comes different. down to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now your work is helping people align their messaging. So mm -hmm. you help people know their human design, but specifically for their business. Yeah. So primarily, you know, like what I want people to be able to do and this expands and evolves all the time, but it's really be able to communicate authentically. Cause I think that's what I found. I spent so much of my life living in an inauthentic way. And when I took my time off and just started like exploring and meeting people, I realized, you know, I was like, Oh, I'll never work in PR or healthcare again. Like I can't the, the two of them, media and healthcare were like two things that, you know, it was in the middle of like 2020 and 2021. So it was like a crazy time in general for those two, you know, areas where people were very divided and I was like, I just don't want to be a part of this anymore. But as I will talk to people, you know, this is sort of what happened the first time when I quit my job. I was like, oh, I, I'll never be able to make a living doing this the way I was making a living doing, you know, the thing before. And so I kind of was doing the same thing. I'm like, I need to find something different. Am I going to become a human design coach? I don't, you know, I didn't know, but I was like, I know that's not always an easy, you know, way to build a business either. It can be very challenging. And so the more people I talked to, the more people were like really fascinated by PR. Cause I think there's so much of like this yeah. marketing churn in this, yeah. in like the space that we exist in where people are like, I just don't feel good um, you know, creating these funnels and the emails and the constant content creation, it's a lot of pressure. And I think people didn't start their businesses to necessarily be marketers. 
And so the more I talk to people and the more like I realized like, oh, you know, like these people are charging X per hour. Like this aligns with my, you know, what I would make consulting. I was like, maybe there's something here for me. And so I, um, I actually do some PR for people. Like there's a couple of prominent coaches that I do done for you PR for, and then I do help entrepreneurs like build strategies so that they could even get out there and do their PR themselves. And so like, I'll help them figure out, you know, what's their messaging when we use human design. So that was the other piece that I was like, oh, but how can I, I can really do this authentically by bringing people's human designs in so that they understand what they're really, what the message within you know, their, their genetic makeup is like, what are they here to share? And, you know, I'd say the, like, I've never met anybody where it didn't resonate either, where they were like, oh my God, I wanted to say that, but I didn't feel like I had permission to claim, you know, X, Y, or Z about myself. And so it's really beautiful. And then we even can look at the energetics of how they communicate. And like, you know, are you supposed to be somebody that, um, shares like your deep knowledge of a subject. Some people are here to talk about their trial and errors. And that feels really weird to people. Like, I don't want to talk about how I failed, but if you have a line three, you're literally here to share your mistakes so people can learn from them. So there's all these different elements that we look at. And then I help people build communication strategies. And then I actually have just started working with some people that are not entrepreneurs, but that there's this whole, like, you know, I need to quit my job movement. Yeah. And so I have this, like, have this feeling where I'm like, I feel like I can help people that maybe they don't need to quit their job. Maybe there's a way that they can, we can use human design to talk about how they communicate or show up in their jobs or look for a new job, like with even like writing their resume by human design and say like, how can we take your design and help you go in to get your next job and feel like you are presenting your authentic self and not being like, I need to get this job, but like, I want to get this job because it's the right job for me. So showing up literally as yourself instead of the person that you think you need to be to just, you know, land a win at a job that may not be for you. So anyway, so like there's sort of a mishmash of things that I'm, that I'm doing, but I just overall, like, I love to help people communicate who they are authentically in any way, shape or form. And it's been so rewarding for me to be able to do that. Right. Well, I'm so glad that we connected through, Mm -hmm. through our mutual friend, Jess, um, because now I'm like, oh, because I know that I need the PR piece, the marketing piece, that's Mm -hmm. really difficult. So, you know, you need a strategy, but, but also just to make sure that you're not barking up the wrong tree. Cause like you, I've also had deep loss in my life. And when I lost my best friend, like, I don't want to waste time. No. Barking Mm -hmm. up some tree that makes no sense. Yep. Cause we get so much, right? Like that's our most precious resource. Right. And you know, and I, I have had people say, well, maybe you're supposed to be barking up that tree. Okay. All right. I get it. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that if there's a way for me to live in alignment sooner than later, I'll pick that. Yeah, like, I agree. And if, and I think too, like for us, if our sacral saying no, like every time I try to look at some of those marketing programs and again, they work for a lot of people. So I don't knock them. Anything I ever say, like, I, I don't judge anything. I think like, again, we all are here to live our own lives, right. but they never felt good to me. I'm like, I don't have the sustained energy for that. Like I, I cannot keep up with that. It makes me feel stressed. And I'm like, that's a no. So what I realize is like, I can go and do things that feel really natural to me, which is like, meeting people, talking to people on a podcast, like getting to know other people. And to me, like, that's like a very natural way for me to put myself out there. And I know that my connections are often going to come through other, you know, like how you and I met through Jess and that's very aligned for me. And I think, you know, like for somebody like you, like you have a big message to share. And so there's opportunity for you to get out there on other people's podcasts and share that message. And then that, again, like it's, it builds community. I would say PR is never going to drive sales. That's not what it's intended to do. It's really, it it gives you credibility because it gives you third party like a third party endorsement from someone else's platform. And when someone's looking to work with you, it's an opportunity to actually know you and feel your energy. And I think that you just don't get that because um, it's not necessarily like what you're saying about yourself. It's what someone else is saying about you or when you're put, even social. I mean, it's what we're saying about ourselves, to be honest. I mean, right. It's like what we choose, but you know, for you to have me on here, you obviously have like vetted me. We've talked, you know, you, agree, you know, for the most part, maybe agree with what I'm saying or the yeah. message you feel is valuable to your audience. And that says a lot. Um, for people. And so, and it's really easy to get out there and do that. And so like what I do is I help people build those strategies so that they can just hit the ground running and go out and do the pitching piece, which is also not always fun, but also kind of more like it's regimented. You don't have to think about it as much. Right. 
Yeah. And when we first met, I was, because I've seen you online. I've, I mean, I, I follow, we follow each other on yes. Instagram and all that. And I think all of your, your stuff is beautiful, but to connect with you, I mean, I kept like getting drawn into your big green eyes and was like, <laughs> just so lovely. And I just enjoyed talking to you so much. So that's why I was like, oh, we got, we got to have you on the show. I love it. Yeah. So you're right. I think people get to know people and yeah. that it's really, it really is about matching energy. I've known that for a very long time, even in counseling or, or psychotherapy or doctors or practitioners that you work with, anybody that you bring on as part of your team of whatever mm -hmm. that might look like, you can really like somebody, but if it's not an energetic match, that's not going to be a healing experience for both of you. Mm -hmm. So it's important to kind of drop in and see what the, where the energy is yeah. when you're trying to make decisions about where to spend your time and your money. Yeah. And even who to work with too, like on both ends, because okay. I think about that all the time. Yeah. It's like, we sometimes feel pressured to take clients or business. And I think, yeah. you know, it's not always like, I always just trust that what's meant for me. Well, I will not, like, it will not miss me. Right. And I think like, when you start to think about it from that perspective, you end up with the right, like you're saying, like those right energetic matches versus, you know, like having the feelings of like, oh, but if I don't do this, I'm going to, I'm going to lose something from really, I think you open up space for something much better to come in too. For sure. And it really is all frequency. It, everything really is energy. So the more you can learn about your own energy and how your unique makeup and mm -hmm. how to best use that energy makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And I was just talking with another Dr. Jill Krista, who's a naturopath. And she was just saying, like, she puts, she even has kind of a ritual around her YouTube channel her website like just energetically you're kind of protecting it so that yeah the right people won't miss you mm -hmm. it's not gonna happen but the wrong people do miss you yeah but <laughs> not it's even true. on the radar it yeah. really sets everybody up for disappointment I think sometimes too because you want to help like I think it's like we want to always help people obviously I think that we wouldn't yeah. be doing what we do if we'd like Right. That we care just about making money. Right. And so I think that's like such a huge thing. And I mean, I think the thing that's cool too. So like, um, Jess and I obviously talk about all the stuff all the time as well. And so we decided like a couple of weeks ago to put together this experiment for people that want to learn about human design, but like even or people that know about it as well, but we created this strategy and authority journal where and we have a little like Facebook group or not Facebook circle group that you get access to with the journal. And it's literally just like every day saying, how am I trusting my strategy and authority? And there's like an upfront section for people that don't know what that is to kind of help them identify their own. And even for me, just doing that, it's like, you're kind of saying, it's almost like putting this little energetic bubble around me where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is so, this is so cool because I'm like, I'm seeing that I'm almost like drawing in the right things because I'm trusting that I will make decisions for my authority versus like just letting my mind tell me like oh yeah you should say yes to this or don't let this go because like I just let a project go in my like old world consulting and like another thing within there opened up that is much more aligned for me so it's you know it's kind of interesting to see how when you when you release things you know not like a feeling the like holding on to them from a feeling of lack what can change too right well because I've, a couple of things came to mind. So I just want to circle back to the journal, which I think is amazing and mm -hmm. you get access to the circle community. So people can do that at any time. Yeah, they could jump in. We started it as a 30 day, but we've been talking about actually just maybe extending it. So people can jump in at any time. The group's not going to go away. So okay. even if you missed the October 1st date, like we're kind of seeing like really a lot of nice engagement and a cool community building. So right now the journal lives out on my website. We were trying to have them printed on Amazon, but there was like some technical difficulties. So um, if anybody goes to curateyoursoul.com, which is my website, you can purchase the journal. And within there, there's a QR code that gives you access to the group community. So okay. it's just like a really nice support of space for people to come in and share their experiences. Um, Jess is like amazing at putting prompts out there. I'm better at responding, but she like, you know, we'll put a new prompt every day for people to sort of think about things differently. And I think what's cool is that even if you know nothing about human design, it gives you everything you need to like take those initial steps. And I think because we all experience our strategies and authorities differently, 
sometimes hearing how other people experience them, even for me has been very eye-opening because I think, oh, like I never thought about it that, you know, like I didn't think about, you know, it this way, or like, I think about my, um, my sacral is like, do I have energy or do I not have energy? Like, I don't necessarily get a physical sensation, but it's like, how does my body feel? Does it feel energized or drained? And so sharing all those perspectives, I think really helps us all think more broadly about what that, those two things could feel like. Oh, I think that's, I mean, that's really the best way to learn more is in that yeah. kind of community, because there are, when you're first learning, even if you're not first learning, but the subtle ways that mm-hmm. it show up for you. This yes. is some of like the rarer um, authorities too, or like the let, like, like or splenic, which is very subtle. Like my son is a splenic mm-hmm. projector and I'm actually excited because I love to hear how the projectors or, you know, or I guess manifestors could be splenic too, but like how they're experiencing that. Cause it helps me then guide, give him different ways to sort of think about how his yeah. spleen might talk to him. So there's just so many, there's a benefit for us too, which is why we wanted to just make it really low cost and like bring people in to just gather and figure out how to share this information together in a way that really can be helpful and supportive. Yeah. Well, I'm even thinking like, it could be like, a continuing on with like a membership or something. If yeah, exactly. Now, and that's what we're kind of, or maybe we just keep it open. Like we're, we, have, you know, and like Jess is, has like, is amazing with like a million different ideas to initiate. So I'm like, I love it. I'll just respond. But we've even talked about maybe doing like a make social media fun again mm-hmm. journal that then sort of like helps people using like yeah. elements of their design to, to think about social media intuitively mm-hmm. and socially versus this like place we have to go to sell thing we have to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there could be other elements. We, we created this, um, this little group that we call the 15 collective, which is, we both have the gene key 15 really prominently, but it's a lot about shifting perspective and slowing down and really seeing things in a new way. And so we feel like there's so many different elements that could get added to that over time. So yeah, we'd love to have anybody join. It's good. You know, it's not gonna, it's not too late, let's say. Even yeah. That's, that was the thing I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure. And for you, where did you start learning about human design in your health journey or in your? So probably it was uh, maybe like 2019, I was introduced to human design. So like okay. kind of before, it was re- actually right after my melanoma excision or I had Mohs surgery on my back. Um, so not long after that. And then as I sort of like got to that point of those last few years where I was like, I just knew something had to give, it kind of became more and more interesting. And then when I took um, that time off, I really dove in. So Emma Dunwoody, who's actually my client as well. Like I found her podcast somehow. Yeah. I found Jess's podcast. Like I was like Jess's, you know, fan stalker that I was like, I have to meet this woman. And now like we work together. So, you know, you just like certain people just really resonated for me. I worked with um, another uh, amazing human design coach, Katie Calder. She's the human design lady. She was a mentor to me. So I just really like, dove in and learned as much as I possibly could. And, um, and it just, it, my love for it just grew because it just gave me such self-acceptance. And I think, you know, you can't look at it like a dogma because it's not telling us who to be, but to me, it just, it gave me a visual map of what I already knew on the inside and just gave me permission to really just like live in a much more easeful way instead of pushing against, yeah. You know, what I, what I knew was right, but, but instead doing what I thought I needed to do based on conditioning. Right. Of course. Yeah. And that, that to me is the beautiful part about it. And you really did find the best people. <laughs> I did. I know I'm so lucky. And that's what the, you know, and I get to meet people like you, I feel so grateful every day to get to wake up and like it, it literally energizes me to get out of bed and say like, this is what I get to do today for a living and like feel really good about helping people, helping people not to quit their jobs or helping people express themselves more authentically to like grow their businesses. It just, I don't know. Like, I don't think I ever could have imagined that had I not really just followed those breadcrumbs and allowed myself to like, just be in trust of life and the universe and all of it. And so, you know, it's not easy every day, as you know, but it's so worth it. Right. And to to be honest, in my well, not that I wouldn't be honest with you and everybody listening, but I've been using that word a lot. So I, in all of my years of working with people in the psychotherapy counseling world, this is the thing to live an authentic life and to actually have breadcrumbs to follow. I think that is that's really why I think we're here other than being in harmony with nature. I do think that's our sacred. Oh, I agree. 
I agree. I have a couple placements in my chart. Actually, the 15 and I have the 19, which are both about being in harmony with nature too. But it's uh, the yeah. truth. And it makes yeah. life very magical in its own way. Again, not every day, but I think you, right. you it opens us up to things that we never could have envisioned for ourselves. Yes, because I've also learned in my own journey that when you cling, like when I hang on to a title, a job, a relationship, things that I think I my mind tells me that I need to hang on to, if it is not for me and it's go, it's, it's being stripped away as I say yes to life and say yes to wanting to be aligned with my soul, those things are getting stripped away. And if you hang on, it's just going to be, it's hurt. Mm -hmm. It's It's true. It's more painful. It's very, very true. Right. And so if you can allow the falling away of what is not working for you, it can be a lot smoother ride. Mm-hmm. beautifully said <laughs> yeah so I know we're almost out of time is mm-hmm. there anything that we didn't get to that you really wanted to talk about maybe something that really nourishes your body mind soul hmm. I feel like we covered it all but I will say like for anybody as hard as it can be finding time to slow down can change so much and we live such crazy busy lives and it's so easy to get caught up and I still do so I again never claim to be perfect at this it's a practice But for me, like slowing down, like you said, getting out in nature, making time for the things that we really, really love and care about. And what I'll tell anybody, because this is helpful for me, is that when you feel uncertain, because I think so much of us, we live so much of our lives in uncertainty, finding ways to channel that energy into something creative or like a hobby, that was something that also changed a lot for me. Like, so when you don't know what to do with yourself, like I crocheted and did all kinds of other things, but like finding something to channel that energy into can really open up a lot too. And so I, I've always liked to share that with people. And it kind of doesn't matter what it is. It sounds Mm -hmm. like it's just anything. Yeah. Really anything so that you're not spinning around yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we covered lots of things. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited for people to get this episode and to learn more about you and to come learn about their human design and they can join. Um, I mean, I think it's 33 bucks, right? Yeah. 33 bucks for the journal and you get access to the full community. Yeah. Which I think is a great way in to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the journal has like a whole upfront section that even for people that aren't familiar, it shows you everything that you need. So it's not like you have to have any knowledge to come in and try it either. Perfect. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This is yeah, a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. It's always fun to talk to you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you would like more content, you could head over to my YouTube channel, Dr. Kelly Ritter. And there's lots of free content, lots of free videos there. There's also free information on my website if you haven't checked that out at nourish-soul.com. And if you're ready to take your health to the next level, I would love to have you in one of my classes or I'd be happy to work with you one-on-one in consultation. You can find all that information on the website as well.